Because if I ever did that, I think I'd have a heart attack. I think I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> well, that, of course, is the great Demi Lovato. Will they ever find the other half of her, I wonder? <laughs> and if it's what I politely told the young person behind the counter at Dunkin' Donuts when she asked me if I'd like my sausage sandwich between two Boston creams, then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am Dale Seaver, your host, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And, uh, my goodness, we're a little far from our Gowani once again. I'm here in the spacious home of Justin Williams. Justin, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Dale. How you doing? Good, good. Good to have you in my house. Well, it's nice to be here. And uh, it's you don't have to yell. It's okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I'm okay. just, I'm pumped up. You're excited. I'm excited to be here. We're ready to go. We're on a, a squeaky futon. Yes. These you don't find these very much anymore. Yeah, they. Uh, I got this at uh, Astoria on Steinway Street in Astoria, Queens. Oh, that's the best place to get them. Yeah, and that's real steel in there. You can feel that. Looking <laughs> yeah. through. <laughs> Only the finest here. Oh, in my apartment. Where? What neighborhood are we in? Uh, we are on the border of Williamsburg and Greenpoint. But I tell cab drivers just take me to the BQE is what I do, and, and then I get jump out off because we're yep. right there. Yep. Well, I had a lovely walk over here. And a truck was trying to make a turn, so just everything was backed up. A real, just a quiet little spot, isn't it? Yes, it's really great. During Hurricane Sandy, it was great to have uh, the gas crisis in front of my house. That was oh, great. Oh, yeah, you get yeah. a nice line from the, there's a gas station down the corner. Yeah, it was like the walking dead. Yeah, it was great. Because <laughs> people were, of course, they were just there, and they'd shut off the cars and wait for whenever the gas truck would They just sat there. Yeah. It was quite crazy. a time to be here. How long have you been in this spot? Uh, two years, but I'm actually getting ready to move. Uh, I'm, like, I'm going to buy an apartment in the South Bronx. Well, yeah, moving, things are going well for you. <laughs> moving on up, yeah. <laughs> South Bronx. Well, I'm glad I caught you now. It's like uh, Williamsburg, but less people like me there now. Sure. Well, but in 15 years, the South Bronx is going to be like... Hey, hang out there, man. Yeah, it's going to hey, be an American yeah. apparel ad. <laughs> That's what we hope everything becomes, isn't it? Yeah, Just yeah. gals and leotards. <laughs> that's all it needs to be. That's, that's the America I want to live in. But you do have a great neighborhood. I was down here at this bar over here, Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Bar, is that what it's called? Yeah, the Boulevard Tavern. Boulevard yes. Tavern, right. Tavern is generous, I'd say. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can get a. You don't can't get like a nice ale there. No, no, and a... maybe like a roast lamb or oh, something. Or That's I... what I always think of with a tavern, <laughs> or even just a nice roast beef sandwich. You get a dosa quiche there, I think. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's how you say it? Uh, I believe. Oh, well, that's good. By the way, uh, uh, speaking of that, we're pairing the podcast with a with a, a Jura. Yeah. Jura. Uh, cheers. Uh, that's a little uh, scotch. Yeah, well, so I'm in the place down there, the tavern, as it was, and a real handsome bloke there with a big, all the tattoos and the ponytail there, big fella. It was ladies' night, if you want to go back. <laughs> Tonight I saw it on the schedule, but the guy next to me comes in, and I'm just sitting there quiet, another guy's talking to himself next to me, but a guy comes in and starts chatting, he knows the bartender, so he's talking to him a little bit, he said, hey man, you see them Google glasses? I, I can't get with that. That's too. It looks like a Bluetooth, all amped up. I'm not. I'm not going to buy into that. And the guy <laughs> says, "Well, you know, fifteen hundred bucks. You write a letter, or something. You get them." So he's kind of taking a dump on Google. Google. Okay, this guy. <laughs> then he says, "You know what? I got an idea." And he leans in because he's afraid I'm going to steal this idea, and I am. I'm going to tell you about it and all the listeners. But he starts talking about a box that you'd set up that would alert when your dog does a cute thing and record it. And then he'd get a treat. Something like that. I mean, it was a very half, 
And this guy's taking the crap on Google. His idea is better than Google, I think. I think that's <laughs> think fair. So? Well, we're all dreamers of one kind or another. Now, Justin, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri? Mm-hmm. As you say, Missouri. Well, 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 Missouri from the city, when you're from what we call outstate. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know you're from Pennsylvania, so That's if you right. go uh, to outside of Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, yeah. what, what do you call that? In-state? Wait, wait, like, you know, you have a word for people that don't live in the cities? Well, some people call it Pennsylvania, but I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> Pennsylvania. I, I like to put down our... Neighbors in the midsection. I love the ma- I went to school in the midsection. I love it. But we call we call it out state. So in out state, if you're running for office, is Missouri, but it's Missouri in the cities. So. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a Claire McCaskill. She says uh, she's from the Kansas City area. When she's campaigning in Kansas City, it's Missouri. But when she goes to the southern part of the state, it becomes Missouri <laughs> come election time. You know. And uh, uh, so you have a good time growing up. Yeah, absolutely. I love Kansas City. I still go back there twice a year. Twice a year? Your family's there? Uh, my mom is there. My dad's lived in Dallas, Texas uh, since 1979. They're no and longer together? No, no. They split up in uh, 1989? 1989. Something a like lot that. going on that year. It was a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The house uh, was on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And if it was, it was really... Scraping the bottom of cat jokes at that point. <laughs> yeah, the writers. <laughs> yeah, we can't do some... anymore. <laughs> that was a premise extended far, far too long. Although his guest spot on Hollywood Squares—I don't know if you ever saw that—absolutely uh, oh. killer. I mean, if you're a fan of comedy, and I bet you are, <laughs> yes, then go check the tapes for Alf on Hollywood Squares because you'll you'll have a good time. We we laughed about that for a while. Anyhow, so uh, you, you were a troubled teen, no. No, uh, well, I wasn't troubled. Straight arrow. I wasn't straight arrow. I used to get kicked out of class, but for the talking. Yeah. Like, they would say I like to talk to, because I like to talk to people. Clowning around, were you? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of that, yeah. And then, like, uh, I used to make girls uncomfortable. Because I I would say, like, uh, I like you, and then they would cry. Well, that's tough to do when you're honest with somebody, isn't it? (laughs) That's the whole thing, man. Women do not want to hear honesty. No. Because they always cry in grade school when you tell them you like them. Right. Well, some have matured since then, and it just gets (laughs) more complicated. (laughs) Some have. Some have. And and so uh, you remember, was there a girl in particular? Oh, I can't even remember her name. I remember the teacher had to talk to me, though. Uh, This is like fifth grade, and she's like, I know you admire, uh, let's just say Abby or something. And, uh, but she's like, you can't like sit next to her, talk to her. Well, that's pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah. But you You know, really demonstrating your affections. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, you passed the notes. What were you doing? I passed the note. Yeah. And uh, I folded up in a bunch of different squares. Yeah. But I I wasn't good at folding. So it probably looked horrific. Just a wad. Yeah. I just, I love wad. (laughs) Girls don't like love wad. I know. <laughs> some do. When I hear it, well, yeah, it depends. Everybody has something. Up in the South Bronx, they might. They might. They might. They like pit bulls, is what I've seen. <laughs> well, you got to get one. Yeah. There's not one here now, is it? No, there's not a pit bull here. It's a big place. I could get lost. <laughs> so, uh, I, so what happened? You, 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 you're bugging the gals, and then when did you leave Kansas City? Uh, I moved from Kansas City after I graduated from college. So I moved to New York directly. Right out. Yeah. You know what you were going to do? What was your major? Uh, uh, history. Uh, I, went, I went to graduate school for history. Uh, it's the State University of New York, Stony Brook. Sure. Or, now they call it Stony Brook University out of Suffolk County, Long Island. Well, sure, the great. And uh, 
Have you used that at all? Yes, uh, my day job. <laughs> uh, when I'm not slinging these jokes, uh, <laughs> I'm a history professor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're really using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's charming. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's good. It's good. It's like... At first, you might think history. Nobody's interested in that. Yeah. Dead, dead end street. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. They go, history, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, so, I teach history. Google glasses, that's the future. Yeah, uh, well, I, the cute alarm for the for the dog, yeah. that is the future, yeah, I think. the cute alarm is the future. Yeah, when I, when I actually was thinking about why am I a history professor when I heard that idea. I'm yeah. actually going to steal that guy's idea and he's going to see it on TV and he's going to be all angry. I'm giving you permission to do that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so you t- where do you teach? Uh, I, I teach in the City University of New York system. So, you're in this, so you go where you're needed. No, no, no. I teach at a specific school. I teach at City College. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's one place and you get to go there every day. Yes, yes. Every day? Uh, twice a week. Twice a week. So, yeah, I usually, I teach uh, two classes a semester and we meet once a week. So. And it's all history? U.S. history? Uh, I teach African history. African history? Mm-hmm. And were you just there? Uh, no, the last time I'm going to Africa again this summer, but the last but time I was... you were traveling somewhere recently. Uh, yes. Where did I just come back from? I was in France. Oh, in France. Well, yeah, I was in France bad. and Spain. Yeah. And what were you doing over in France? Uh, in France I was seeing where Africa's money went. Uh, that's what, <laughs> that's what I was doing. Did you find it? I did. I did. It was a lot of palaces and things yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You've got a bit of a history there. Speaking of history, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great country. I love I love France. It's a very very nice people to me. The thing that you have to realize is that when you walk into a store, they're not just yelling at you nonsense. They're saying the same thing you'd expect here, because it can throw you. I know just a very basic amount of French. I got bored after four levels, and I got heck out of there. Went to study hall, but you'd go in, and they suddenly are approaching you, and you think, oh my gosh, I can't even. I just walk right out of there. But in fact, they're just saying, hello, welcome, can I help you with anything? Mm-hmm. Let me know if you need any help. Same, they're not, it's not crazy. Yeah. They're just, they're saying helpful things. And if you respond and say something kind, I don't know what, no, no, that, you know, or something, <laughs> or, you know, je me parle pas français, something like that. I tell you, I went into a comic book shop out there. And just to, just to browse, you know, you wander in and say, well, may I go into this kind of a place and see what they have here? I go into many bookshops and tea shops and all that kind of thing. But for the sake of this conversation, I went into a comic book shop. And just to prove that comic book store people are the same, I don't know if you're a comic book fan. Uh, I used to read quite a bit when I was little. Okay, so you know the deal, what yeah. the guy is behind the counter. And it's always a guy. Sometimes there's ladies out there, but, you know, the general thing is this guy. <laughs> And I go in there and say, I'm sorry, you know, in French, I'm not, I don't speak French. And I probably mangled it, but I said, I don't speak French. He looks up from whatever he's reading, some graphic novel and says, but you just did. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Just they're a jerk no matter (laughs) where you go. They always have some little attitude they got to throw your way, but... (laughs) Anyway, so traveling abroad, and so you're going to go, you're going to, you've been to Africa. Yes. And and which part of Africa? uh, The Republic of Ghana in West Africa. And is that where you're specifically focused and or interested in? Uh, That was, uh, yeah, my initial uh, project was on that. And so I'm now trying to finalize it and get it published. And then, uh, and then this summer I'm going to go back to Ghana and then hopefully I'd like to visit either Nigeria or Senegal. Yeah. So if a fellow like me decided to go over there. I'm worried about a couple of things. Yes. One, I need shots. Yes. And two bugs. 
Uh, well, in Ghana, uh, especially if you're in the capital city, the only the only uh, the only shot you really need is yellow fever vaccination. You have to yeah. you, you need to take malaria pills because you're in the malaria belt. But right. I didn't get bitten by, by my mosquito uh, once when I was there. I didn't even see any actually. You didn't, I yeah. didn't see a mosquito. I didn't even see a mosquito. Yeah. Well, they got them bad in Brooklyn. They do. Yeah, yeah. By the, by the canal, right? Are there some bad mosquitoes over there? Oh, sure. Bad. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're hyped up. They're ready to go. Yeah, I, uh, I used to live in Texas. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, my dad lived there. And so I yeah. split time with my parents. And uh, there's, there can't be anything more horrific than those mosquitoes. They're big. It's, it's, they're, I mean, it's horrifying. When I go, it's shocking when yeah. I go, go to Texas, how big that... And then the roach is there, too. So... Oh, I don't like where this is going, even though I brought it up. <laughs> I don't like bugs. I really don't. I don't either. I'm not a big fan. Ter- terrible. I had a dream once. It was horrible. Where I had the bugs in my skin. Ah. Oh. had to dig them out with a grapefruit spoon. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's it's horrifying. It's horrifying on multiple levels. On multiple levels. Also, if you're a fan of grapefruit, it might turn you off that. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan. A grapefruit actually know. horrifies me. So what you just said is a perfect storm. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. It's like a bitter fruit. It's like my least favorite fruit. Now, I noticed something here looking across the great expanse of your apartment. <laughs> yes. You've got the Batman uh, soundtrack that's, that's on a vinyl. Yes. I have quite a few. Of, I, I mean, it's not a lot compared to... For, for Brooklyn, I have, a, I have a few. It's a modest uh, vinyl collection. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't have my whole house stacked in vinyl. It doesn't look like bleaker bobs in here. But but you get you get going with that with some prints? Yeah, I have a lot. Have, Batusi? I have like 15, 15 Prince LPs <laughs> down there. I, I'm a big Prince fan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's one of the greatest ever but uh, sure. yeah like uh, some things I feel like weren't meant to be not so much Prince but especially for old jazz I don't think it was meant to be listened to on any other format than vinyl well that's interesting so uh, you know feels, so you do you keep it pure I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's so much purity and also some stuff like I listen to like a lot of funk and stuff like that and it's very hard to get certain things in digital copies uh, you know I tell you, there's a song. You ever see the When We Were King soundtrack, the, the documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That soundtrack has a song on it, and it's the title track, When We Were Kings. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible song. Yeah. But it relaxes me. <laughs> and whenever I'm having a panic attack, I like to put that on. Well, recently I tried to download it to mm-hmm. my iPod phone. Couldn't find it. Yeah. Not yeah. available. Yeah, yeah. I've got to take the CD and import it. Yeah, it's just easier just to get the LP. Like, uh, for instance, like uh, you can't find a lot of Johnny Guitar Watson on iTunes. No, you know? sure, that's that's a tough one. But you think it's easier to get a hi-fi setup? <laughs> I find the vinyl. <laughs> well, I on eBay. That's the easier way to go. Just get an eight track. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're doing the history thing, and the the and and what aspect? What can you allowed to say? What the, the the focus is in the Ghana history? Yeah, uh, I study the nation's politics and its history of sort of uh, uh, politicians speaking on behalf of Africa, even though they're only politicians in one country. So, uh, oh right, yeah, it's called what they call pan-Africanism, the idea that Africa should be a united country. It should be one thing. Yeah. It's a little complicated over there, isn't it? Uh, well, it, I mean, think about it. Uh, we, we've had problems getting 50 states to be in one union. So take up yeah. 50 countries, over 50 countries. It's know. huge. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's the second biggest continent in the world. So, people yeah. don't understand. And also, it's, uh, it, there's probably so much there for the future. I mean, you really, not Google Glasses, but you talk about the future. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the continent yeah. 
That holds a great promise. Yeah, you got a billion people. Uh, you got a lot of growing economies. I mean, the the thing is, is that colonialism left a lot of hurdles to sure, get over. So, sure. uh, you know, so th- it's going to be a mixed record. Some places were just made poorly. Like, like uh, I hope you, I, I don't know how big your show is in Chad. But I don't mean to offend you, but places like it, Chad are no, not going to. It's moderately big. We have a, you know, I, it's one of my. <laughs> One of my targets for the next season. <laughs> Demographically, Chad is, yeah. is a sought after. Yeah. But, you know, like a place like Nigeria is going to always do better than Chad just because, uh, you know, it sucks to be a landlocked country on the Sahara Desert. Yes. You, know, you don't have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've compared some of my relationships to that. <laughs> yes. <Being> landlocked <laughs> on the Sahara. <laughs> so, but uh, you have a good time. When are you going back there? Uh, it's looking like August. Oh, uh, so, is that a good time to go? Uh, yes, a good time to it's escape cold. the heat in New York is to go to West Africa <laughs> on the equator. <laughs> it's, uh, what do you wear? Um, the same thing. The same things. You know, you'd be surprised. It's actually not bad, especially because you're on the Atlantic Ocean, so you get I good breezes. Be, I want to be clear. I know it's not the moon. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But you I know, know, you'd wear clothes. But I mean, <laughs> what would you have to? You have to wear a special, like a UV coated thing. What do you? Have? No, I wear breathable uh, fabrics. Wicking is there? Wicking involved? I, I wear you know just shorts and a soccer jersey, like every, which is pretty much what everybody else. I always make a joke about Ghana as the easiest way to tell uh, who the who the Africans are. They're the ones wearing Manchester United jerseys and khaki shorts, and then uh, the one in the daishiki. That's the American visiting. You know, it's like. Ah. The, <laughs> Yo, flip flop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. And so, and uh, so, you got the history thing. You come here. You came to New York for what? To do the job? To do? To be a history professor or to pursue comedy? Uh, I started doing comedy in graduate school, and I was lucky enough when I graduated from graduate school to land a job here because I was looking at moving to like you know, was it like a, take a job at Idaho State University and uh, uh, no. It's not a funny people. Let me say it for you. (laughs) It's not a funny people. That's not where you want to be. Well, I would love to work that comedy club every night. (laughs) But uh, steady gigs. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And and they would call every night I worked there their urban night problem. I think. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's chocolate sundaes. Oh, no. Uh, You ever done one of those? I have done uh, ethnically Tell themed shows in uh, New York, but but I don't, not black ones. I did a I did a show uh, at the, the not black ones, not black themed <laughs> shows. Actually, I did a show uh, uh, at the now defunct Laugh Lounge. It was called the Combination Showcase, which Ooh. is all Asian comics and me, and then uh, like a Chinatown audience. It was. Uh, was it was on a bus. Uh, it was on the yeah. We did it on the Feng Hua. Feng Hua. has gone too now, right? They don't shut down. All the grapes are laugh, laugh chuckles. What's it called? Laugh, uh, laugh drawer. The, well, I, I used to ride the Feng Hua. There was the Apex bus to Philadelphia. Yeah. What was the club called though? Uh, you said laugh, laugh. Oh, box. laugh lounge. Laugh lounge. Oh yeah. And the Feng Hua. Well, that good audiences there. That... Uh, they had good audiences. Yeah, I, I, I like that place because you know it's not often that you get to work a Chinatown room and then it'd be like the Puerto Rican room the next night. You know, they they had a lot of themed shows. You know, I can only imagine. <laughs> this must be just. I mean, it must feel weird. This must feel weird. Chocolate Sundays. Chocolate Sundays. Come on. That's good though. I like that. Uh, that's, that's that's catchy. I mean, I'd like to do it. <laughs> You should headline yeah. a chocolate sundae. I'd like to. I'd like to. 
a little whipped cream on top. That's what they <laughs> That's the way the MC would bring you up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that would be uncomfortable. It's already uncomfortable right now, but no, white comics. Uh, I know, I know. There's a whole group of white comics that live yeah. in New York that exclusively work uh, black rooms, or oh. black and Latino rooms. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're really good. And... You got to find your niche and all that. Yeah. What was the, what was your first experience up there doing comedy? Because you do stand up. That's your that's. Correct? Yes. yes. You're yeah. not involved in the UCB thing and all that. No, no, no. I uh, I don't have the don't need it. Could, well, no, it's not. Don't Good need luck it. to you. It's a different. It's a different <laughs> set of skills, you know. Like I absolutely. I, yeah, I watch it. In, I watch long form, you know. And oh my, my and my as a stand up, my thing is I want to jump all over the cheapest, most available. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, UCB style is like we're gonna build this up to something more. And I'm yeah. like, well, there's plenty of penises jokes that you could have made yeah, just then sure you know, but just missed opportunities that's what it is <laughs> but so it's a great I, I think a lot of people like to get into this sort of uh dichotomy but both things are different they're both great and uh, absolutely and yeah. they're just are different muscles and you gotta you gotta be able to uh know what your strengths are and, and do it if that means you're a white fella doing Puerto Rican rooms in Chinatown or, <laughs> or you're, you know, an older fella just having a drink on a springy foam, uh, full futon, yeah. then uh, go where your strengths are. But do you remember what was your first experience doing the comedy, doing uh, the stand-up? I, I did stand up actually in Missouri one time and this is before like, uh, this is like when I was in college and uh, I, I used to do, it's not even considered improv anymore but like you know like the like, is, it, is it even considered short form anymore like the whose line is anyway games kind of stuff mm. like i used to do that kind of stuff and uh i don't know what that's called i don't even know what that's called anymore yeah just improv it's, it's just improv I uh, yeah so. yeah i figured it's been it's, i figured now it's like uh it's just so you know, it's been defined yeah yeah way back in the past i'm sure there's a wiki stub <laughs> defining what that that is <laughs> So, so I did a I did a stand up show and it was it was uh, like I laugh about it to this day because I didn't really understand setups or punchlines. I just got up there and did what it, you know just I just uh, it was you know a lot of premises like I can't go I can't go to the war in Iraq. It's hot over there, and that was it. And then I go on to the next topic. And so <laughs> glad that show took place in Columbia, Missouri, where expectations were low and the voices were higher. The voices were higher. That's yeah. that's my that's my me making fun of like a bad black comic. <laughs> it's like, you ever seen a white man at the store? White boys, white boys be at the store like this. You ever seen a black man at the store? Black man be cool at the store. It's like the most like mundane comparisons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but if you're ever animated as a cartoon, that might be enough. <laughs> that might be a good voice for you. Count Hacula. <laughs> they, 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 no, they, uh, so it's just, it's just a funny thing because a lot of uh, what they call urban comedy, a lot of it, it has to do with energy, and it's weird being a black comic because I, I do, I do urban shows every once in a while, but I'm very low energy on stage, uh-huh. and just so, as a choice. Uh, yeah, I just, it's not really a choice. I just like to talk to people, like. <laughs> And just try to, I don't like do a lot of act outs or any of that stuff. So yeah. I'm not very interesting to look at at those shows sometimes. So, uh, so best to watch it with your eyes closed. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you, if you watch a, some certain black comics work, someone like Kevin Hart, you know, they're really sure. like, they're kind of, they're using the space. He's the biggest one, right? He is. He is. Yeah. He's selling out, uh, you know, he does arenas, you know. So, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, that's what I mean. Biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Selling out and all just from an email list, as I understand it. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of comics. A lot I mean, of, he's talented. Don't get me wrong, but no, he absolutely. The audience by like just a FileMaker Pro database and, and really staying on it. Yeah, Dane Cook did the same thing with MySpace. My like Dane Cook made more money off MySpace than Tom did. 
probably more money than MySpace did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to be honest. But that's uh, but but you know that's one of the things that I think uh, you know what's cool is cultivating a family. Like Facebook for me is what I use to yeah. just you know talk to people and let them know. And Twitter something. not so much. I don't use Twitter You're that much. You're not active on Twitter. I've noticed. Yeah, because what it, I don't even know what it is. Like I've been on it. Like I know what it, I don't understand how it's. I don't understand why I like I. I know I have to have it, so I have it. But I don't yeah. know why I have to have it in addition to Facebook. I believe, if I can, if I may, yes, I believe it is to participate in a national slash global conversation around an idea. Mm. So that, and I, th- I think it's very helpful for joke writing mm-hmm. to try and get something out there. But also, the hashtag is what it's about. Ah. And so, if you're watching uh, uh, the Olympics and you want to talk about it, well, you can make a funny joke and that's fine. But if you hashtag it then you're part of a dialogue and you're, you're putting it out there and you're responding and everybody's... It's like you're in the same room with the people when you do that. I mean, that room is vast. Yeah. Am I telling you something you don't know? You've already no, thought it no. through. I thought about... But, and, I, and, and a lot of comics, they always, you know, they post a lot. I don't want to give away, like, potentially good jokes and I don't want to have bad jokes go up. Because, sure. I mean, you've seen it when a bad joke goes in your... You're just like, what? Have I seen it? I've done it. I have 8,000-some <laughs> tweets <laughs> About three of them are okay. <laughs> I just get, I get scared, like you know. But also, the other thing to remember is that, and I'm not. I, we can talk about this off the microphone if you want to have a how to use Twitter session with Dale Seaver. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, what was I going to say? The other thing is that not everybody's paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So if you crap out on there, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, there's it's no kind of a free space to just try something. And if it really is terrible, I, I did one that was so bad. A combination of words that was so horrendous. Just two words. And somebody said, my goodness. Like they actually had an audible gash when they tweeted. I deleted it. I took it down. I don't do that frequently. Can you please tell me what it was? I Well, it involved combining the words groundhog and vagina. <laughs> And together, those two was so horrific. And I don't like to do blue material anyway. So this was that was all out of my comfort zone. But I had framed it after a trip to Kentucky. And I put this thing out there. And the, and, and the friend said, just said, whoa. And I said, you're right. Absolutely. I got to take that down. Because there's something very um, tangible about that that I needed to get get it out of there. But you've reached the universe, though, with that. That's good, though. You've got, yeah. you've got gasp on the internet, which I think is... well. That's power, though. Yeah. yeah. She lives up in Chelsea, so it wasn't like a, <laughs> a huge dream. So what are you doing? You're going to all the... So you ha- you teach, mm-hmm. and, do you, and do you draw on that for your... You said you have a Ghana joke, but how does that go over? Oh, no. I, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just do joke. I do I do a joke about how uh, I thought I was black, but, you know, until I went to Africa. And, uh, you know, it's always like people are going, okay, now tell me, which one of your parents is the white man? And it's like, both my parents are actually black. And they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But seriously, which one of them is the white man? So, because, uh, you know, it's the, the way race works is very different depending on where you go. Uh, but, I, I, you know, honestly, I don't even talk about teaching. I've never told anybody at work, actually, that I'm a comedian. What's going to happen with this? Uh, my office mate knows. And uh, she, she knows uh, because she, like, I think I left my computer on. In my room. And she's and I was, a snoop. Update. I was like updating my schedule or something like oh, that. Oh, I see. 
but yeah, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I try not to talk about it too much because I, I get really nervous about how, uh, especially with these controversies now where, like, uh, not that I'm big enough to warrant this, but like, uh, these, anytime comedy is taken out of context, it is yeah. really damaging. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sure. go. You go. A, a professor, even though, because what they'll say is a professor sure. said this, even though it was actually a comedian right. said that, and he In went a totally to work. Different context. Y- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, I, I just kind of worry about uh, stuff like, especially because my act is, uh, you know, it can be edgy at times, and I'm fine it's with that. Raw, isn't it? It's. it's, it's <laughs> I don't know if it's Eddie Murphy raw, but it's. Uh, you wear a shirt. I uh no no but no, I do wear just a leather, leather jacket <laughs> yeah no shirt yeah <laughs> yeah that's but but yeah I I worry about these uh, I worry about these things especially because it's two different things it's like I have to be professional at work but what makes comedy fun especially stand up comedy is you can talk about the honesties that uh, society never wants to address or you can yeah. be experimental like I didn't think like. Like, when The Onion had to apologize for the tweet about the nine-year-old right. girl. Sure, yeah. Like, it's like, it's so over the top, it's clearly a joke. And it's The Onion. Yeah. Like, out of all the things The Onion's done, like, once we start drawing the line, I'm not saying, you know, I think the worst punishment for a comedian is not getting laughs. Sure, and I think, and that gets you a little bit back to the Twitter thing, and that it's like, because that was a tweet, I think. That was a tweet, put yeah. It not yeah. even ahead. And uh, the, the worst thing you can do is to reply to a tweet from a known comedic source with sincerity. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's like a family member. You might as well have told a family member a joke and they, they just respond like, well, we, we, our hearts go out to them or something. And you're yeah. like, no, 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 you're missing what I, it's like trying to use irony at Thanksgiving. It doesn't always work, <laughs> you know, unless you got the right family member with you. Yeah. It's, it's awkward, but that's, that's just, you can't. Yeah, they had it's a whole full page apology. Yeah, it's you, just you it's don't just, need to do it. And and the thing is, is uh, I don't know who's offended, like any, because it's like uh, especially a lot of things where that you have to do the black apology. I go, I, I go, I feel like I know enough black people to where I'm like, well, we never even heard of that. Who's who? Who are they apologizing on whose behalf? <laughs> like black people weren't angry, right? And, so, yeah, right, right, because they made a joke about a little black girl, and then. Yeah, well, but then somehow it becomes this other. Yeah, we're apologizing to nine-year-olds. They have an advocacy group now. Like, I don't know who the apology is. I to. hope they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it nine-year-olds? I hope they do. It's okay. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it just, it just. It, I don't know. So I guess nine-year-olds reading the tweets of the Onion. I don't know, man. <laughs> exactly. More power to them. And the if fact they plugged in enough to figure that out, then go for it. And she could have been what they said. Yeah. Like I don't know her. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows this little girl. She, seemed, like, it, she an, seems delightful and adorable. Carries a little dog purse, but who knows? She could be a diva. Yeah, she could be difficult to work with. Absolutely. Everybody has off days. Hervé Villachez was a terror on the set of Fantasy Island. Now, I know he wasn't a nine-year-old. <laughs> no, just the right same size. <laughs> yes, yeah. he was a dwarf. <laughs> but uh, but there's all kinds you know, of sometimes, and I don't want to offend. <laughs> Any dwarves, small people. Sometimes what happens, I think, is that all the emotions get amplified <laughs> by just being so dense. Everything becomes real amped up, compressed, compressed, yeah. and, and exaggerated. Yeah. So if it's somebody's very sensitive, they might be very sensitive, or they might be too angry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I bet you the lady from Precious, she's got to be a diva now, with the acclaim and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Gat, what is his name? Gabriel Sidibe. Gabriel Sidibe. I knew there was yeah, a, a bay in there. Somebody, yeah. Oh, no, she seems nice. It's, it's everybody likes to project. Well, she could be, but she could be like, you know, I thought Steven Seagal was nice until I found out that he wasn't. Come on. That's just a bad reading on your part. <laughs> I thought he was you a can guy. tell from the guy. No, no, no. He's got real anger and image issues that go down deep. Well, he seems like a good man on Steven Seagal's Lawman. He seems like a very fair no. individual. No way. That guy's lost. He's lost to us. So that's what happens. That's why you don't want to be too big. Yeah. You want to be just at the... You want to hold it in yourself. And so what are you doing? You're going out to do... What are you doing? Comedy nights around town? Uh, yeah, I do like... Uh, I do a mix. Like, uh, I do a lot of uh, kind of like what they call alt shows yeah where like uh, I'll do I'll do that's still a thing that is still a thing yeah like uh, it could be a Garofalo well uh, she does whatever <laughs> she wants you know she, she, she's big enough to where yeah she could do a theater or do a comedy club or she you know. drops in and does a little thing here but, and there but she, but she does but she does yeah. she drops in uh, yeah uh, I've, I've been in a few rooms where she's dropped in that's cool you know uh but so it could be everything from a basement to a bar it could be everything from a small black box theater like uh i run a monthly show at the creek in the cave in long island city uh-huh. which is kind of like uh, lic that's it, what they want to rebrand it yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. It, it, long island city is one of those places that has had like a perpetual sort of rebranding it's a, it's a great it doesn't really need much of a rebrand i don't know what they need to say it's like it's a cool place it's one stop outside of manhattan yeah 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 so oh, gee uh, you can take the G or the seven. The seven. Yeah. Uh, so it was one of them. Well, and so Creek in the Cave. When does that happen? What's it called? Uh, Death Comedy Jam. Uh, it's the second Thursday of every month at ten o'clock. But then every once in a while I'll do a comedy club. Like uh, you know, this weekend I'm going out to do. I'm actually performing in a movie theater in Asbury Park, New Jersey. You know, that'll be fun. Or I'll do a comedy festival and like. You know, places that are the equivalent, like their city's equivalent of UCB, like I'll yeah. perform there. Right. Uh, so, it, I mean, it, it just, I'll perform anywhere. I'm just, and it's great because I'll perform at some places that are awesome and then I'll do the most non conducive show. Like one time I performed and the stage was the dartboard. And this mm. was at a bar in East Elmhurst, Queens. It was like a working class Irish bar. No thanks. <laughs> but it, it was great. It was great. It's like, Did I you get I, it. Yeah. I'm like, if you can get a laugh in that environment. Well, there you go. While you're interrupting, because you're seen as the guy who's interrupting the Rangers game yeah. in that bar. Yeah, yeah. So if you can get a laugh in that environment, you should be able to do really well at a comedy club where people are actually expecting to see a show. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I think people don't realize, too, is just how much it's uh, it's going beyond your comfort zone, performing in places that are uh, openly hostile so <laughs> sometimes <laughs> to your being there. That's all about, uh, that's what... That's what being a stand-up is, is, is being comfortable in that room as well as being comfortable in a UCB-like environment where people are responsive and, and respectful of what's going on. you got to mix it up a little bit. And it won't, yeah, I mean, the, the comfort zone, um, you know, I don't like to perform in a place that's too comfortable because it's like you don't get feedback on what sucks and then you'll get your feelings hurt later. Yeah. You know, because the crowds are respectful. Yeah. In those places, like if, like they'll just kind of like not really go along with it, but you don't get a sense of, you know, I used to perform at this club that's closed. I, I don't know. I'm starting to see a trend here of everywhere that I got regular spots is is closed. Yeah, you're a bit of a, a, a dark force. <laughs> I'm ruining it. I used to perform at the Times Square Arts Center like every week. I used to do weekend spots there. Yeah, and uh, that was a great place because it was literally anybody who was drunk and got barked in from Times Square. So just like oh, man. a lot of times, just insanely 
ridiculous audiences. So it was like, but if you could do well there yeah. because you were trying to please, it was like, oh, that table doesn't even speak English. So, yeah. you know. That's what I do, by the way. I hand out the flyers for the comedy and musicals up on Broadway. <laughs> so you're welcome for that audience. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I wish we had them. You know, for the right show. I don't do it to try to move up. I just do it to, to get the flyers out. I enjoy meeting people up there. But anyhow, uh, so and what's who are some of the people that you're looking to? Uh, like like uh, like modern comics, uh, yeah, like or just like... people that you feel some kinship to, or you're always excited to be on a bill with. Oh, uh, as far as people that like, I'm trying to think. Like, there's a guy named Mark DeMeo. He's a comedian. Uh, he's really, really, really funny. Former NYPD officer, just retired and everything. That's good. He's 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 wickedly funny. I like him. I walked. By the way, this is a little. But I walked on the way here. I walked past and I looked into one of the apartments. You know how you do when the lights are on and it's dark. You look into an apartment. Mm -hmm. And I looked in and there's a guy in the police uniform sitting in the middle of his dining area, facing the kitchen, facing the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And the TV is on to his right, and he's just sitting there, straight up, perfect posture, looking forward and to the refrigerator, closed, the lights on, just a quiet scene. <laughs> Very disturbing. That is a disturbing. Very unsettling. I hope that everything's okay for that individual on the, on the walk home. Uh, but, uh, well, he might have a TV in there. There, there was one to his right, but he wasn't paying attention to it. Uh -oh. Maybe he was listening. Maybe he has uh, some kind of horrific eating disorder. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Well, we wish him well. Anyhow, showed DeMeo? De, de, de yeah, Mark DeMeo. He's de very, very funny. But I, I like a lot of, like, there's there's comics that you, like, that, like, I kind of started with. I've, I've been doing this about five years. Yeah. And so there's people that I started with that I think are really, really funny and, like, uh... So it's just a mix. I like seeing I like seeing the range of, of things, you know. Like uh, like someone like Mark is more established, you know. And then uh, seeing the comics I started with, it's kind of cool because it's like there's kind of a thing where we watch each other kind of come up and develop and get better gigs and things yeah. like that. You, you kind know? of become part of a class, don't you? Um, a little, Unofficially. A little bit. You know, it's kind of uneven as far as, you know, sometimes, uh, especially because, you know, it's like any other subjective thing. You know, sometimes people get discovered and maybe they get pushed maybe earlier some people get pushed later but yeah we i mean we we see each other as like colleagues and stuff like that you know so uh so that's i mean that's kind of a fun thing i have a lot of friends now because of comedy uh well good for you yeah there's like there's like 600 of us at, at minimum 600 friends. uh i'd say doing comedy in new york city right now people that i know i'd say at least 500 wow yeah that's a lot of people to stay in touch with uh, and this is why the Facebook becomes community. Sure, Twitter, yeah. yeah, I feel like I get them to follow me on Twitter, but well, you got to get on that. Man. Like I already follow you on one thing, yeah. But but yeah, I mean and, cross platform. You got to get them to Vine now, just doing little gifs, gifs, whatever they're called. That's a thing. Yeah, that's I say. Like Vine, that's a thing. I can't do it. And Pinterest, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I, I don't do even know it. what I, I I know Instagram has to do with pictures, but I don't know what it is besides pictures. What is it? <sighs> They make me register for all this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what it is now. Like, they come out with something... It's uh, too much for me to do, I'll be honest. I know uh, I know Facebook, I know Twitter, and I closed down my online dating account a while back, so... I closed down LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that... That was freeing. Did, did... I encourage everyone, please, do away with your LinkedIn accounts. Do you really get jobs, like, off of that? Do I get jobs? No. Like, did anybody get, get jobs? jobs? No. Oh, no, I'm saying shut it down. This is a direct appeal to the founders. Shut it down. Shut down that it is a nuisance. 
And your name just lingers on there like you're in the yellow pages. And people still contact me. I say, I don't want to be contacted. I don't even have a profile. I would have to reestablish a profile to accept your request, and I don't want anything to do with it. I, uh, if, whenever I was Googling a, a, a lady that I was going to go on a date with yeah. from online, like LinkedIn would come up. That was like one of the things that came you up. You don't care about that. Well, it is good to know that they actually are somewhat who they say they are according to LinkedIn. Well, right. That's exactly right. They say that they're that administrative assistant. But guess what? <laughs> well, anyhow. <laughs> you know, I was reading a book, and I don't know if this is in Ghana or not. Mm-hmm. But it was talking about the uh, the dark arts that were that are still prevalent in some African countries, mm-hmm. and you get down to a certain point, and there's still like a not quite a medicine man, but there would be a shaman of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know anything about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on where you're talking about, but absolutely, it's like uh, yeah, there's traditional beliefs still still they blend with other beliefs, or are they uh, are there still practiced in certain places. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great book. If you want to, uh, if you ever, or anybody listening, you want to read about this, uh, Basil Davidson wrote a book called The African Genius that kind of describes a lot of these things. Okay. And breaks them down to where, like, uh, a lot of the things that we kind of saw as witchcraft are actually, like, ingenious images. Like, for instance, okay, there's this one practice where uh, if a man is impotent, the witch doctor will pretend to have taken the man's balls and then like buried them in the ground or something like that and then said okay i put them back in and you're fixed right and then the man will be able to do that so it's a it's a way of uh, acknowledging that uh, uh, uh impotency is psychological in some ways so it's like a device to do that so it's like an elaborate thing that sort of uh you know addresses that particular issue right? yeah so like things like that that uh, westerners kind of you know, I feel more potent already. I do. Yes, I'm going to bury them. Well, I think this one on. was a sensual scholarship is what the book was called that I'm referring to. Oh, really? And it uh, talks all about the kind of physical manifestations of magic and the beliefs and that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. You get into any of that? Not really. Uh, cause any way- mysticism at all coming out of Missouri? Not not out of uh, Missouri per se that I know. Well, I mean, it depends on what you say. Mysticism. It's like, uh, yeah, we have the, the the Christian faith healers. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Or, Did you grow up with that? No, I went to a holiness church though, where uh, you know, um, you know, I didn't grow up in any one church, but I used to go to holiness churches where you know the old lady would get the spirit and start doing flips up and down the aisle, you know, stuff like that. Wow. You know? I don't know what the holiness is. I've never heard that before. Oh, people trying to catch the Holy Ghost, you know, getting getting that getting that hand in the air. That's what it's trying about. Trying to catch a little, catch a little. Catch a wave. Yeah, you can get some Jesus Christ in you, and it's better than any energy drink I've ever seen on the market. You know, it's. <laughs> you see that with the people flipping, really? Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, the <laughs> the way my mom would say it is, "Look at her; she's acting a fool." <laughs> she ought to be ashamed of herself carrying on like. But now, that. does something like that have any roots in African culture, or no? Um, you know, I don't know, That's but like an American invention. It could be. It could be. I mean, especially when you talk black Protestant churches, it could have some kind of links. Uh, the the most the the easiest to prove stuff is like with uh, Catholicism in Latin America, like people in Cuba that practice Santeria. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from uh, Nigeria and like really? Benin. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so those, so those, so those are the easiest ways to prove uh, stuff like that. But I do a politics, and most people in Ghana, especially the the southern part of Ghana, it's a lot of Pentecostal Christians. So you'll see a lot of Jesus, like a lot. What do you call Southern Ghana? 
Uh, you just call it the, maybe the Southern Ghana. Yeah, oh, I, 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 it's, I keep it in it's not like Soho. <laughs> yeah, I won't cool. give it a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I should go over there with a like Try and it. start real estating it. it. Yeah. yeah. Do you, have you noticed like this? Because like my, it's funny you mentioned that because my apartment is three different things depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's either Williamsburg, it's Greenpoint, or this mythical category that exists and doesn't exist depending on how the market's going. East Williamsburg. Oh sure, yeah, that's a made up one. I just moved to a place. I moved recently to Columbia Street Waterfront. Wait, that's that's a fictitious place. What, what is what is that traditionally? It's I don't the know port. It's the it's essentially like. The, where Red Hook and the BQE join next to Cobble Hill. Oh, yeah. It's, it, they made it up. It's the two blocks that exist. On, I mean, Columbia Street is not long anyway, I guess. Maybe it goes on the Red Hook. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. But it's a made-up place. It's a district that they came up with for Yelp reviews for Pock Pock. There's nothing else <laughs> down there. I mean, a couple places. But. Is it like the uh, same thing like living in Red Hook? Like, you have like a... like. Last space and stuff like that. Like, sure, nice space, nice view of the water and all that, or a, a dirt pile, but they say that's going to be a park someday. And uh, <laughs> it's all fine, but it's cold down there. Oh, really? Yeah. You like it cold? Uh, you grew up in a kind of cold climate? Yeah, yeah. The, the Midwest, we have extreme temperatures. It's either cold or your face is melting off. But well, everything's nice. extreme now. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that's what the climate change, right? Is that yeah. what that's what... I'm giving you some serious uh, face right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to take this seriously, Justin. I take I take climate change very seriously. Okay. <laughs> What's just a picture of that we're looking at on the wall? That would be my hometown of Kansas City. That well, is a beauty, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a very pretty city, but I've never been there. You gotta come down to Kansas City, man. I'd like to. Dale, we will hook you up. We'll give you some barbecue. You got some whiskey down there. Oh, I got some good whiskey. All and right. some very good beer. We got the Boulevard Brewery. I'm Kansas City's like tour guide. Uh, like I'm Kansas City's like biggest fan. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. I have the city actually tattooed on my forearm. Well, I have the uh, on on the state map. I have a tattoo there. Oh, I see. Yeah, which is uh, uh, not which many is, people have the state of Missouri tattooed on their arm, do I'm, they? I'm trying to make this a thing. That's a real deal. Even Nelly doesn't have that, and I think that that's <laughs> pretty tremendous that I have a tattoo repping a place that a rapper doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a me. Yeah, any other tattoos? That's the one. That's it. That's I'm done. That's I'm the done. other one you want to share with me. That's okay. No, no. I, well, I have Tweety Bird on the small of my back. <laughs> 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 I always wanted to get Dolly Parton uh, uh, playing the bagpipes riding a hog. Oh, that would be... But so her nipple would be my nipple. Anyway. That's an amazing (laughs) idea. I actually shared that with the people at Dunkin' Donuts. They said, well, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of tattoo would you get for Dunkin' Donuts? I told them that. I got a $60 Dunkin' Donuts card for that. Nice. Oh, so you just have to go in and say something like that to get a Dunkin' Donuts card? Via Twitter. Via Twitter. Via Twitter. <laughs> nice. Twitter oh. pays money. I'm still using that. You know how long it takes to use $60 at Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. This is like four years. That, yeah. I, well, do you, what kind of donuts do you usually get? I like just the jelly. Or I'll get an old-fashioned, like the, old, the, the dry cake. Oh, okay. I really like how that goes with the coffee. I get the uh, I like I like the vanilla frosted, the strawberry frosted, and the chocolate frosted. Really? Yeah. As a combo, do you mash it together? I don't. Yeah, I try not, I'm not that midwestern. <laughs> They're working on that though in Kansas City. They're gonna fry it. It's gonna be great. Uh, no, no. I just get. I usually get three. Uh, yeah, those three, and then. Uh, but then I had to stop because I started doing the. You know, they have the calories now. 
I know. Three donuts is as much as you should do. It's calorized, yeah. Then like that's well, just anyway. That's as much as you should. I once thought I got a Krispy Kreme was hot a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. And I went in there and I got I don't know a dozen of them and I thought you know it'd be a great idea get some of that hard apple cider and some donuts together. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had that. I had probably four of those donuts. Which if you have three, you should be sure you're with somebody that you know. If you have four, you need a guide. It's like doing some kind of acid or something. You need to have an experienced person with you who can hold your hand through that sugar. But then you pop on top of that hard cider. (laughs) The headache that you get after that, just from that amount of sugar being in your system, it's immense. I love it. I love it. It's destructive. Have you ever been to Voodoo Donut in Portland? Portland, Oregon. I have, I have, I have been there. I have not been to Voodoo Donut. I have walked past it and thought I should go in and get it. But then at that moment, I'm just not thinking that a bacon donut is going to be the right thing for me to have. It is always the right thing. It is so it is, good. It? Yeah, but but I mean, like your diabetes concerns are very valid. I know because there's all kinds of pre-diabetic people and yeah, stuff. I don't want to lose a foot. Yeah. You know, one time uh, I went on a date with a girl that had a, a diabetes thing. A bag? Like, yeah, kind of like a, like a, it was like a gigapet that went into her back. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Monitoring thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, again, She's very nice. We wish her well in her journey. She's got a difficult path. It's not our path. <laughs> She's got to do that. So, but you're okay. You're healthy. Uh, I, no, I just look healthy. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure if I go to the doctor, they're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" You know, when they take my blood or whatever. It's just pure cream sugar. <laughs> yeah, coming out of it. My goodness, <laughs> you're frosting. They're gonna, they're gonna be like one of their questions on the thing is, like, "Do you live near a Popeyes?" <laughs> Like, that lady seems nice though. She, she does seem nice. She's she's nice in like a very uh, like classic black way, isn't she? Yes, that's what I mean. She's a reassuring black lady giving <laughs> me fried chicken. <laughs> she will. And then, then the pine saw black lady will come and clean up the uh, grease from the floor. She's sassy, that one. <laughs> yeah. She gives you some sash. I love the casting for that. Because you know there's like some skinny black lady to where they're just like, next. <laughs> <laughs> we went in a different direction. Yeah, we went with the classic big mammy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult in Hollywood. I'm trying to become a portly black woman because this is the way I can get to the top. That's where the roles are. That's where the roles are. Yeah. Gabrielle Sidibe. She's working. That's right. That nine year old better bulk up. She wants to work in Hollywood. She's got to put on some pounds. And she better learn how to say, ooh, child. That's right. She needs to be a bigger beast of the Southern Wild. That's what that's what Martin Lawrence was thinking. That's why he put on the dress and tie up Harry. Big mama, you, you got to become a big black woman to get into Hollywood, man. <laughs> I feel like we've stumbled on a horrifying truth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it hasn't changed. Gone with the wind till right now. That, well, I'm trying to think. Who else is the big black uh, woman? Queen Latifah has classed up the big black woman. Like, she's not, like, straight up. Although if she fully comes out of the closet, then I'll accept Queen Latifah. She did. She came out as a lesbian. Not really. She didn't? She, she didn't backtracked know? a little after she was going to host some parade. And she said, well, d- d- don't read into it. Oh, don't read into my something, coming out of the closet? Something like that. I want to do that. I want to come out of the closet and go, well, don't read into it too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
I'm like only half sure of that decision. <laughs> yeah. Not completely out of the closet. I'm just kind of one way. I don't mean I don't want to force anybody to do something they don't want to do, and I respect other people's privacy. Yeah. But Queen Latifah, we all know. Yeah, yeah. But it's the thing where culturally we and would accept it. There's going to be no there's no change, in my opinion, of Queen Latifah. Absolutely, there is a net like no gain or loss. Yeah, just do it. Just be yourself. I, yeah, I mean, I can't ever testify with her. I mean, she's kind of set enough to where you're like, okay, but okay for the whole thing about John Travolta. I'm like, who's gonna punish you? No one. Like like you dance no in one. Saturday Night Fever and like you know it's just cool. Like no one's gonna. Nobody. You're still an icon, like at this point. Like I just get, like it just makes me sad if I feel like people feel like they can't be who they are because of outside forces. That's right. And things like that. That makes me. That makes me very angry. Well, he's involved in a bit of a group out there. That's yeah. That's some thoughts on it. They got some thoughts on it. But that's <laughs> but that's what it makes me more sad. Like why are you giving them? He, he should just be an icon. Like he could do whatever he wants. The I people feel like. that that end up with the most respect are the people that are themselves, aren't they? Uh, people that that hold true to themselves. I guess and so. Put that forward. But there's limits. There's people that are too true to themselves, like uh, Rick James or Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> well, you are what you are. But you get somebody like a Tom Hanks or something. Yeah, he's a he's a genuine article. Yeah. George Clooney, genuine article. Okay, now George Clooney can get away with being the general because he's straight. He's straight in his. He's out. He's out in his straightness. That's right. Uh, uh, but you know what? I I really respect the the uh, I really love the people who are out in there like, like somebody like Little Richard. Like I love him. Uh, uh, sure. Like yeah. I love his. Like he's just he's so, out yeah. in his gayness. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. I love yeah. him. Yeah. We need more. We need we need a gay George Clooney, like somebody who's with a younger and different dude like all the time on the red carpet. Oh right, sure. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, we don't quite have that yet. We do don't we? have that. We, that's that's our measurement of equality. It's not just accepting, but we have to accept somebody who is as gay publicly as George Clooney is straight publicly. That will be right. when we're equal. Right. So we gotta get we gotta get right. on that. We need a real superstar that's just yeah. like, yo, I'm with a different dude this week. That's right. And who? Uh, yes, sexually active and voracious. Yes, absolutely. And, and just that's fine. And that's and everybody's just like, yo, what's he doing this week? They they, right. they take pictures of him, look at his new boyfriend, yeah. and they put it on the cover of magazines. Who wore it better? Yeah, who wore yeah. it better? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna well, work on this. If uh, if anybody's listening out there, and you want to step up to become this icon for all of us, feel free. We're ready. I will celebrate. Yeah, we're ready for this. Two fellas on the futon are ready for you. <laughs> we're gonna play the Batman soundtrack and just. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for you on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an amazing time, actually. Right? Playing the Batman soundtrack, waiting for you a know, gay icon. A gay icon to show a up. Gay, very sexually active. Okay. Extremely sexually active. Yeah, right. <laughs> like gay sex tapes. Promiscuous. Yeah, not even that. Just uh, they have different relationships. And so. Yeah, yeah, but I would I want somebody to be able to get famous off a gay sex tape the way Kim Kardashian got famous off her sex tape. Ooh, well, see, that has to be a crossover star, doesn't it? Because you're talking about because I'm sure that that exists. Yeah, but just within the gay community, that's probably somebody. I tell you something, we're on very shaky ground as far as I'm concerned. No, I say <laughs> so. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I bet that there there must be some, someone out there, and then 
they just need to cross over and uh, the straight community needs to be comfortable enough to accept and say yeah get get on that maybe somebody with a big butt yeah and <laughs> in, in, in comedy like uh you see the 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 straight artists that have huge gay followings uh, a lot of times are, are women like kathy griffin would be an sure, example right or even like lisa lampanelli Right. In a lot of ways, but I would yeah. I would like to see uh, uh, someone who like I would like to see a male do that crossover with a gay audience. I'm trying. I, I perform in gay uh, spots all the time. The gay community has been probably my biggest supporter in comedy. Like I did, I did my DVD at the Duplex, which is right next to the Stonewall Inn. I yeah. perform there. I'm performing at a gay club in Austin. Uh, and I'm not, yeah. and I will remember that gay community that you guys supported me uh, forever. There you go. I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel very supported, and I hope I never let them down. That's what I hope too. I'm all for doing away with the gender binary. Yeah, I say get options. <laughs> yeah, let you it all know, go. Let it all go. Let it go. Let it go. Just let's all be together. That's what I say. Let's let's hang out. That's great. Well. Uh, I think it's going to work out for you, okay? I don't know. And I loved your makeover video where you got the, you got the <laughs> looking sharp from those people. That was terrific. They were amazing. There, uh, there were some good guys there. They were very nice to me. I, the I, makeup I, guy I, was great. Yeah. He, was, uh, he told me I had good skin. You do have good skin. I didn't know. You have good skin, too. People have said that. Yeah. You like good porcelain. Skin. <laughs> you look like a China doll. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I have been complimented on that before. People have long said, my goodness, that's the one thing I wanted to say to you. <laughs> you have nice skin. I said, well, thank you very much. It's nice to have that positive affirmation every day. That's what I say. I, I, go, I go, God bless you. That was such a nice thing because I have a lot of skin and I'm glad that it's good. I'm mostly skin on the outside. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, that's a nice thing. <laughs> on to the use. inside, vanilla cream frosting, but on the outside. And sassy black woman. And sassy black woman in your heart. <laughs> Well, uh, I think we've touched on a great many issues here. I think we solved all of them. I think we got to it. I think there's no there's no dark magic happening. We've we put it all on the surface. <laughs> dark magic. <laughs> that should be the name of our album together. It should be. It's dark gonna be magic. good. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. Actually, I like it. Well, that's great. I appreciate you taking some time and letting me into your home. Well, thank you for coming, and, Dale, and, and letting this letting this uh, go on. <laughs> No, you can't. I was going to interrupt the thing. Get you out of here. No, I learned a lot. And I always enjoy being over here in East Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, East Williamsburg. <laughs> the air is so much fresher. It's so great. Let me tell you, I think it's the industrial park and the BQE that I think. You... <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But uh, thank you very much. And what's what's going on? What do you got? Some things this weekend? You got some gigs coming up? Uh, I always have some. Uh, but uh, you can uh, you can watch my DVD, Justin Williams, Black and Comfortably Middle Class, on YouTube for ninety nine cents. Oh. Forty two minutes of comedy shot in high def. Wow, for ninety nine cents. Yes, yes. That's a bargain. Well, here's the thing. What are you doing? Uh, well, here's the thing. I do this for because uh, I'm not famous yet, so I d- I didn't want to charge twenty four ninety nine and have no one watch it. Well, even three ninety nine. No, that's a lot of time. That's a thank you for all the people who came and watched me perform in front of a dartboard in Queens. Hey, that's the way to do it. That's admirable. (laughs) And you have a website? Uh, No. Don't need it. And Facebook? Uh, Yes. Uh, Facebook, comedian Justin Williams. All right. And And if you look, Justin Williams comedy, you'll always come up with you, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you just Google Justin Williams comedy, all my pages will come up. All right. It's asking a little bit of the audience, but that's okay. 
get them working on it. Well, it's you know, it's either Google or <laughs> cute animal alerts. That's right. Get yeah. your box set. All right. Well, this has been fun. And uh, thanks so much. We'll stay tuned to what's going on with you. I really appreciate it. And I had a, a, just a delight talking to you. Oh, you too. It's great to meet you. <laughs> well, uh, for me, for for what's coming up with me, you can still tune in to DaleRadio.com. And if you you can also listen to the podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio, mm-hmm. which I gather is a thing. And uh, <laughs> Apple on iTunes. I don't even need to say Apple anymore. It's just iTunes. And if you do, go ahead and rate and review us because it'd be nice to hear what you think and or just listen to it on the site. That's fine. And the web series is coming along. We're, we're, I'm telling you, this thing is really blossoming and uh, I'm excited about it. It's coming. We got, we're got. we going to shoot one more this weekend. And Oh, well, just wait till you see it. Anyhow, uh, the next live show is uh, March 21st, Thursday, 8 p.m., Film Biz Recycling, Ilana Glazer. And Justin Weinstein is going to be there. Weinstein. I'm just going to say it every way. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it. But he, direct, he directed that Elmo documentary. Oh, very cool. And he's got another one coming up um, about the amazing Randy. So that's uh, March 21st at 8 p.m. That's free. So uh, there you go. Uh, Till next time, I'll be filling my empty whiskey bottles with laughter because they say that's the best medicine. But they're wrong, which is why when I say laughter, I mean whiskey. And when I say filling, I mean emptying into my mouth. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy.